0: And another sutta, 3.3.5.44, 3. the Buddha said, In three respects, monks, a talk is profitable. What three? When he who teaches Dhamma, and he who listens, and both alike, are able to penetrate both the spirit and the letter thereof. Ah, that's the end of the sutta. So, the, here the Buddha is saying, uh, uh a talk that means a Dhamma talk would be very profitable if the teacher, the one who speaks the Dhamma, understands the Dhamma and the one who listens is also able to understand. And both are able to penetrate this the spirit and the letter of the Dhamma and that would be very, very good. Next Sutta three point five point forty five, the Buddha said, Monks These three things have been instructed by the wise and good. What three? First one is charity. Second one, support of mother and father. Third one, going forth. That means renouncing. Mm. These are the three duties. Uh, That's the end of the sutta. So, uh, the Buddha is saying, uh, wise people uh, always will uh, advise people uh, to do these three things. uh, the first one is to practice uh giving uh giving means giving to those who need who need who are in need uh one thing I like to mention is that the Buddha says that if we do charity when we give uh, we should not look uh, for the merit if we look for the merit uh, then uh, there is a selfish attitude uh, then your merit will become much less. And it is observed sometimes, you know, for example, uh, people, they think, uh, some lay people, they think, uh, giving to a virtuous monk is very good. So they like to go and look for famous monks to, to give to. And sometimes famous monks don't need the, the, the dana, the offerings, because they have so much, they are, they are overflowing with offerings. Whereas sometimes I might be a young monk, a newly renounced monk, an unknown monk who needs uh, support and if you have the wisdom uh, to go and offer uh, where it is needed uh, uh, that would uh, be even more meritorious because you don't have a selfish intention you do dana because it's good to do you think that uh, it is necessary to do To, for example to support the sasana to support the sangha uh, whoever uh, whichever monk uh, uh, is in need and you do Sometimes we find that uh, there are uh, sometimes some temples uh, can be uh, have too much offerings. You know, uh, sometimes like in certain uh, Buddhist countries like Thailand, and and there are people who comment. Uh, it's even written in some books uh, that perhaps in a certain area uh, they, there's a need for a hospital, but people are not interested to build a hospital. They want to give the offerings to the temple, which sometimes. Uh, uh, Shows, uh, it's uh, the, the greed for getting married uh, The second one, uh, support of mother and father Support of mother and father uh, is not sending mother and father to old homes uh, Nowadays uh, we find a lot of people sending their old uh, parents uh, to old folks' homes uh, Support of mother and father means to look after them Uh, At home Because uh, I'm sure every one of us uh, When we are old We don't like our children to send us to the old folks home Uh, We like to At least be around The children and the grandchildren uh, And die at home So whatever you like for yourself I'm sure other people uh, Have the same idea So it is uh, You have to remember uh, 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 The the love and the Care uh, that we owe to our parents. Uh, the third one is about going forth. Going forth is uh is also uh, advised by wise people. Uh, if you have done your family duties, uh, uh, it is good to go forth. Uh, it is a kind of Indian tradition, you know, of Indians. Uh, that, uh, even if they don't go forth, uh, after a certain age, they practice at home. They have a keep a room to themselves where they meditate, where they say their prayers. Uh, and uh, uh so these are the three uh things huh, which are quite good. Now the next sutta is three point five point forty seven. The Buddha said, Monks, there are these three marks of that which is conditioned, Sankata. The Pali word is Sankata, conditioned. What three? Its birth is apparent, its passing away is apparent, its changeability while it persists is apparent. These are the three marks of the condition. Monks, there are these three marks of the unconditioned. But three? Its birth is not apparent. Its passing away is not apparent. Its changeability while it persists is not apparent. These are the three marks of the unconditioned. So in this Sutta, uh, we are told uh, that anything that is conditioned has these three characteristics. It has a birth, it has a passing away or death, eh? and it changes eh? while it is still uh, uh, around. Eh? The next sutta is 3.6.56. A certain Brahmin of great wealth came to see the Exalted One and then paid respect, etc. Eh? As he said to one side, he said this to the Exalted One, Master Gotama, I have heard the saying of Brahmins of old, Olden days, eh? men aged, far gone in years, themselves the teachers of teachers. That once upon a time, this world was in truth so crowded with people, one might think it to be the waveless deep. That villages, suburbs and royal cities were close enough for a cockerel to walk from one to another. Pray, Master Gotama, what is the reason, what is the cause of the apparent loss and decrease of human beings?' How is it that villages are no longer villages, suburbs no longer suburbs, towns no longer towns, and districts are depopulated? Then the Buddha replied, Just now, Brahmin, people are ablaze with unlawful lusts, overwhelmed by depraved longings, obsessed by wrong doctrines. Thus ablaze, overwhelmed and obsessed, they seize sharp knives and take each other's lives. Thus many men come by the end. That Brahmin is the reason why these things are so. Again Brahmin, since folk are ablaze with unlawful lusts, overwhelmed by depraved longings, obsessed by wrong doctrines, on such as these the sky rains not down steadily. It is hard to get a meal. The crops are abed, afflicted with mildew, and grown to mere stubs. Accordingly many come to their end. That Brahmin is the reason. Again, Brahmin, since folk are ablaze with unlawful lusts, etc., obsessed by wrong doctrines, on such miscreants the yakas lose non-human monsters, thereby many come by their end. This Brahmin is the reason, this is the cause of the apparent loss and decrease of human beings. That is why villages are no longer villages, suburbs no longer suburbs, town no longer towns, and districts are depopulated. And the Brahmin said, Excellent Master Gotama. excellent Master Gotama. may the worthy Gotama accept me as a lay follower from this day for as long as life lasts, as one who has gone to him for refuge. And this is an interesting sutta. It tells us huh, that a long time ago, huh, the world was populated with so many people uh, that cities uh, were near so near each other uh, that a cockerel could walk from one to another city. And the the place was overflowing with people, you know. But nowadays, it's much less. And the reason for this, according to the Buddha, there's a few reasons. The first one is because of greed, hatred and delusion. uh. People go to war and kill each other. Uh, Then the second reason is uh, because of greed, hatred and delusion uh, and following wrong doctrines, uh, the devas, they notice, uh, you may remember just now the sutta, uh, that uh, about four times a month, uh, these devas come and observe us. And because they see that the greed, hatred and delusion of human beings are too great, uh, that they stop the, 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 the rains from coming down. Uh, it seems that rains are also controlled by them. So, because uh, the, the the rains don't come at the right time, uh, the crops don't grow well. So people starve to death. Uh. And the third one is uh, when greed, hatred, and delusion is too great among human beings. Uh, then these higher devas uh, they let loose uh, very fierce yakas. You know, and these fierce yakas can come and kill human beings. Uh, uh. And um you know sometimes that some people are possessed by spirits. Eh? Uh these are some of the spirits probably. Eh? So um why people can uh have too much greed, hatred and delusion, eh? uh partly because they follow wrong doctrines and also uh the leaders have to a lot to do with it. Eh? It's uh uh leaders of um uh uh, people, uh, whether they are Malay persons or monks, uh, also have a part to play. If uh, leaders uh, are corrupt, then it is very easy for the followers also to be corrupt. But if you have good leaders, then uh, people will also imitate. And the next sutta is 3.6.57. Vachagota, uh, the wanderer, came to see the exalted one and paid respect, etc. Then as he sat to one side, Vachagota, the wanderer, said this to the exalted one. I have heard it said, Master Gotama, that Gotama, the recluse, speaks thus. Alms should be given to me, not to others. To my followers, not to another's followers. Alms given to me are of great fruit, not so those given to others. Alms given to my followers are of great profit, not alms given to another's followers. Now Master Gotama, do they who say these things correctly repeat the views of the worthy Gotama without misrepresenting him by uttering an untruth? Do they expound their views in accordance with his teaching so that one who is of his doctrine, of his way of thinking, may not give grounds for reproach in stating it? Indeed, we are anxious not to misrepresent the worthy Gautama. And the Buddha replied, <clears throat> Those who say so, Vacha, are not of my way of thinking. Moreover, such misrepresent me by stating what is not true but a falsehood. Indeed, who whoso prevents another from giving alms, obstructs him in three ways, robs him of three things. What three? First, he obstructs the giver in acquiring merit. Second, he prevents the receivers from getting a gift. Third, his own self is already ruined, utterly ruined. Whoso prevents another from giving alms, Vacha, obstructs him in three ways, robs him of three things. But this is what I really do declare, Vacha. If one should throw away pot scourings or the rinsings of cups into a pool or cesspit, That means the pit of excrement. eh? Even with the idea of feeding the creatures that live therein, I declare it would be a source of merit to him to say nothing of his feeding beings that are human. Nevertheless, I say, Vacha, that a gift given in the case of the virtuous is of great fruit, not those given in the case of the wicked. By virtuous, I mean one who has abandoned five qualities and possesses five qualities, What are the five qualities he has abandoned? Sensual desire is abandoned, malevolence, sloth and torpor, excitement and flurry, doubt and wavering are abandoned. These are the five. And of what five qualities is he possessed? He possesses the constituents of morality, possessed by the adept, the constituents of concentration, wisdom, liberation, knowledge and vision of liberation. He has these five qualities. Thus, where five qualities are abandoned and five possessed, a gift is of great fruit, I declare. Uh, this is an uh, interesting sutta because here, somebody is asking the Buddha whether he actually said na, that uh, offerings should be made to him and his followers, not to other other external sect followers. La. And the Buddha denied it. Na. The Buddha said, na, he never said that. Na. And uh, he said, if anybody says such a thing, uh, then uh, uh, in three ways, uh, uh, he has done great wrong. Uh. And the Buddha also says that even uh, the crumbs, uh, the leftover of food, uh, even you throw into a pool uh, or a pit of excrement uh, with the idea of feeding the creatures there, uh, even that also you get some merit not to, not to talk about feeding human beings. Uh. And then lastly, the Buddha says that if you give to an Arahan, one who has abandoned the five hindrances eh, and possessed of five other qualities of the Arahan, eh, then uh, you would have great merit. Eh? Uh, now uh, one thing I like to remark here is that one of the wrong livelihoods eh, for one of the wrong ways of livelihood for a monk eh, is to belittle another monk personally, and to talk bad and about another monk, and discourage uh, lay people from making offerings to another monk. Uh, that is very bad, because here you can see that the Buddha is saying uh, even those external sect people, uh, even that also he does not say that you should not uh, make offerings to them. Even external sect people, even with wrong views, and the Buddha. In fact, uh, there is one sutta where the followers of a uh, Jain sect, I think, Nikantas, after they left the Nigantas and came to follow the Buddha, the Buddha still advised them to continue giving to those uh, Nigantas, those uh, Jains, monks. Uh, uh, and so uh, so you can see uh, that uh, uh, anyone practicing the spiritual path, uh, we should not belittle others. Uh, Uh, even though they are, uh, I mean, not to the extent of asking people not to make offerings to these other people. At 3.6.58 Now, Tikana, the Brahmin, came to visit the Exalted One. On coming to him, he greeted him, paid respect, etc. Then he sat to one side, and the, the Brahmin sang the praises of those Brahmins who possess the threefold knowledge which is in in Pali's Tevija. Then the exalted one said, the Buddha said, Yes, Brahmin, they have the threefold knowledge, those Brahmins. They have it as you say. But tell me how Brahmins describe Brahmins who have the threefold knowledge. And said, In this case, Master Gotama, a Brahmin is well born on both sides of pure descent from mother and father as far back as seven generations, unsmerged, without reproach in respect of birth. Number two, one given to study, one who knows the mantras by heart, a master in the three Vedas, the indexes together with the ritual, the treatise on phonology and the legendary sayings. He is a man learned in the idioms and the grammar. And the third, one perfect in the science of world speculation and the science of the great being, that Master Gotama is how the Brahmins describe a Brahmin who has the threefold knowledge. I stop here uh, just to uh, recapitulate eh? the Buddha. The Brahmin said there are three qualities eh, which uh, a Brahmin would be respected for. One first one is 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 a pure breed. Is a pure Brahmin for seven, seven generations at uh, for seven generations at least at at, at least. Eh? He is born on the mother's side and father's side, nah, from pure Brahmins. Second one, he, he is very learned, nah, learned in the mantras, in the Vedas, etc. Third one, he is knowledgeable uh, on world speculation, the science of world speculations and the science of a great being. Nah. Then the Buddha said, well, Brahmin, This description of a Brahmin who has the threefold knowledge is one thing. The description of him who has the threefold knowledge in the discipline of the Aryan is quite another thing. And then Tikana asked, But how, Master Gotama, is one the possessor of the threefold knowledge in the discipline of the Aryan? Well, for me, if the worthy Gotama would teach me according to what method he is so possessed, and the Buddha said, Then, Brahmin, do you listen? Apply your mind attentively. I will speak. Very well, Master, replied Tikana the Brahmin to the Exalted One. And the Exalted One said, Herein a monk, aloof from sensuality, aloof from evil states, enters on the first jhana, which is accompanied by thought directed and sustained, born of solitude, delightful and pleasurable, and abides therein. Then, by the calming down of thought directed and sustained, he enters on that inward calm, that one-pointedness of mind. Apart from thought directed and sustained, That is born of concentration, delightful and pleasurable, which is the second jhana, and abides therein. Then by the fading out of delight, he abides equanimous, mindful and composed, and experiences pleasure through the body. Having entered on the third jhana, which the Aryans described in these terms, he is equanimous and mindful. He who is equanimous and mindful dwells happily. He abides therein. Then by the abandoning of pleasure, by the abandoning of discomfort by the ending of the happiness and unhappiness that he had before entering on that state which is neither pleasant nor painful that utter purity of mindfulness reached by equanimity which is the fourth jhana he abides therein uh, just uh, uh, stop here for a while to comment on these jhanas eh? uh, these jhanas are states of deep tranquility that the mind is very peaceful eh, becomes one-pointed. And some people, they don't understand the jhanas, they belittle the jhanas eh, and they say that when you are in jhana, you don't have any mindfulness. But we notice here, in the fourth jhana, the Buddha says eh, that there is the utter purity of mindfulness. Uh, the utter purity eh, is parisuddhi, that means complete uh, purity of mindfulness. So you definitely cannot say eh, that a, a person in jhana is not mindful. He is definitely mindful. Uh, in fact, uh, the, uh, the more concentrated that person is, eh, the 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 stronger his uh, his, his, his mindfulness is. Eh, but it's directed on one thing. Eh? Uh, so uh, this is uh, something I like to uh, make uh, mention. Eh? Then the Buddha continued, He then with mind thus composed, made pure and translucent, stainless and with its stains vanished away, made pliant and workable, fixed and unperturbed, applies and bends down his mind to acquiring knowledge of his former births. In diverse ways he recalls his former births. One birth, two births, three, four, five, ten, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty, a hundred, a thousand, a hundred thousand births, the various destructions of aeons world cycles, eh? the various renewal of aeons, both the destruction and renewal of aeons, thus, I lived there, was named thus, was of such a clan, of such a caste, was thus supported, had such and such pleasant and painful experiences, at such length of days, disappeared thence and arose elsewhere, there too I lived, was named so and so, of such a clan, of such a caste, etc., Thus he calls to mind in all their specific details, in all their characteristics, in many various ways, his previous states of existence. This is the first knowledge he attains. Ignorance has vanished. Knowledge arises. Gone is the darkness. Arisen is the light, as it does for one who abides earnest, ardent and composed. He then, with mind thus composed, made pure and translucent, bends down his mind to acquire knowledge of the rise of the fall and rise of beings from one existence to another. With the deva sight purified and surpassing that of men, he beholds beings diseasing and rising up again, beings both mean and excellent, fair and foul, gone to a happy state, gone to a woeful state, according to their deeds, so to say. Alas, these worthies, given to the practice of evil deeds, of evil words, of evil thoughts, scoffing at the Aryan, the Aryans of perver- of perverted views and reaping the fruits of their perverted views these beings on the dissolution of body after death arose in the waste the row the woeful plains the downfall in hell or he might think ah these worthy is given to the practice of good deeds of good words of good thoughts not scoffing at the Aryans but of sound views and reaping the fruits of their sound views. These beings on the dissolution of the body after death arose again in the happy lot in the heaven world. Thus with Deva's sight purified and surpassing that of men, he beholds beings diseasing and rising up again. This is the second knowledge he attains. Ignorance has vanished. Knowledge arises. Gone is the darkness. Arisen is the light, as it does for one who abides earnest, ardent and composed. He then, with mind thus composed, made pure and translucent, etc., bends down his mind to acquire knowledge of the destruction of the asavas. He recognizes as it really is the truth that this is dukkha. This is the arising of dukkha. This is the ending of dukkha. This is the practice that leads to the ending of dukkha. He, re- he recognizes uh, the practice that leads to the destruction of the asavas. In him thus knowing, thus seeing, His mind is released from the asava of sensuality. His mind is released from the asava of becoming, from the asava of ignorance. By release comes the knowledge that he is released, so that he understands. Destroyed is rebirth. Lived is the holy life. Done is what I had to do. There is no more coming to any state of being. This is the third knowledge he attains. Ignorance has vanished. Knowledge arises. Gone is the darkness. Arisen is the light. As it does for one who abides earnest, ardent and composed. That Brahmin is how one possesses the threefold knowledge in the discipline of the Aryan. And the Brahmin said, Indeed, Master Gotama, this one is quite different from the other. Why, Master Gotama, he who has the threefold knowledge of the Brahmins is not worth one sixteenth part of him who has it in the discipline of the Aryan. Excellent it is, Master Gotama. excellent. May the worthy Gotama accept me as a lay follower from this time forth so long as life lasts as one who has taken refuge in him. Uh, so in this Sutta, uh, the Buddha is talking about the three, uh, threefold knowledge uh, that he himself attained when he became a Buddha. Uh, we find in the Suttas uh, that when the Buddha was enlightened, uh, he attained this threefold knowledge. But it is mentioned in the Sutta that some of his disciples uh, attained the sixfold knowledge so it appears like at first the Buddha attained the threefold knowledge and later perhaps he developed another three. That's why later also he had the sixfold knowledge. But he described himself as a person having threefold knowledge, which refers to the time when he was enlightened. Uh, just now the last part is talking about the destruction of the Asavas. So this threefold knowledge, the first one is that uh, he recalls the past lives. Uh, the second one he can see living beings eh, being born and reborn according to karma. So understands the working of karma. And the third one, he uh, uh, contemplates the four Aryan truths, eh, the four noble truths, eh, and from there attains destruction of the Asavas and became an arahan samasambuddha. What is this Asavas? Asavas is this, I, I would probably translate it as uncontrolled mental outflows. That means the running of the normal sixth consciousness. When the sixth consciousness flows, uh, 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 then the world arises because the Buddha said that the whole world arises dependent on consciousness. That means the normal sixfold consciousness. When the sixfold consciousness arises, the world arises and with it all the dukkha. So to uh, get out of samsara, we have to uh, destroy the asava so that these uh, six consciousness, uh, the consciousness stops working uh, and when the consciousness stops working uh, then samsara will end uh.